The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother. And treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Age of Darkness. Whether you're a warrior of the Legionis Astartes, an adept of the Mechanicum, or just a mere mortal in a universe of madness, you'll find a place here. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, coming to you from within the depths of the Vengeful Spirit. Hello and welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, a Warhammer 30k and Specialist Games podcast. My name is Jesse. I'm here today with Steven, Ryan, and Caro. How's everyone doing tonight? Hey, how's it going? Awesome. Hello. So tonight we got a email from somebody. And we're going to go just right like into that. Emails. That's right. Uh, this one is from Stephen Hillman. Or we'll just say Stephen. This one's from Stefan. Stephen? Stefan? Stefan? I think it's Stefan. Stefan, hi. Yeah. And Stefan says, hey guys, thanks for all the great content during the quarantine. Definitely helps to keep motivation up. Well, you're welcome. As I've been working through my painting backlog, I've been thinking about an expansion of my Thousand Sons Army for 30k, and was hoping you could provide some list advice. I like themed armies, and I've been toying with the idea of a force centered around a siren dreadnoughts. Thanks to the FAQ slash errata, it is now clear that at least they're supposed to be elite choices and not HQ. The theme in this case would be the Dreamers of the Asiren, as mentioned in page 151 of Book 7. In that reference, they're mentioned alongside the segment as more specialized military subunits, more readily identified as outsiders. It doesn't say much about them other than that they are Legion's cadre of dreadnoughts and those tech marines who stood attendant to them. I'm thinking this would be a great opportunity to use a Mortifactor console from Book 8. One item of note is I don't think that the Mortifactor can take a Siren Dreads as his unit. The Mortifactor console rules state that the Dreads taken for his unit lose the Talon rule, but the Asiren rule specifies any Legion Contemptor Dreadnought Talon taken as part of a Thousand Suns Detachment may be upgraded to an Asiren Pattern Dreadnought Talon for 50 points per model. The Dreads in the Mortifactor unit aren't in a Talon, then it seems the red as written would indicate that they can't be upgrades to Asirens. I'm not heartbroken over this and just need to mention it so we're on the same page. Okay. I mean, that that little technicality, I think, for the most part, I don't think people would have heartache playing against it. Um, well, the good news is is that you um, you can upgrade uh, Mortifactor Dreadnoughts to Osirens. Uh, the rules as written, or rather the, the verbatim, is that a Mortifactor, when you take one, select a Legion Dreadnought Contemptor or Contemptor Cordis Talon. They're called specifically by Talon. So really, the Mortifactor is joining a Talon, and they lose the special rule Dreadnought Talon, uh, which really just means that they can't be deployed like a standard Talon. But they are still a Talon. They just don't follow the same rules as a regular Talon. So you can upgrade up to five Dreadnoughts with a Mortificator into Osiren Dreadnoughts. Please yeah, don't. I think so. That makes sense. He says he's looking at a 2,000-point list that can be boosted up to 2,500. He already has two Tech Marines and two of the original Thousand Suns Contemptor Dreads outfitted with Laz Cannons and Power Fist, but they are magnetized and easily swapped. He's also got two Kiers and two Conversion Beams in his Bits box if needed. For the rest of his army, he has the following on hand. Everyone get their notepads out. 25 Mark IV Marines with magnetized boarding shields and magnets to allow easy swap for melted guns, flamers, or bolters. Two are sergeants set up with swap arms between power sword or power fist and magnetized shields. He also has 20 Mark IV Marines set up for use as vets with weapons easily swapped out from bolters to combi weapons as well as four guys who can swap between heavy bolter and plasma gun. One is set up as a sergeant with arms swappable between Power Sword and Power Fist. Ten Tartarus Terminators, two with Reaper Cannon and Power Fist, the rest with Bolters and a mix of Power Swords and Chain Fists. A mix of independent characters including Araman, 
a Praetor in Tartaros nice. pattern armor, and the Thousand Suns Praetor. A librarian in Tartaros converted using bits from both of, bleh, using bits from both the Prospero box and a 40k Thousand Suns Terminator box and the old 40k metal RMN that he reworked for 30k. He also has a Storm Eagle, four jet bikes, one set up for use as a sergeant or independent character, three Castellax Archaea, three Castellax with Darkfire Cannons, and six Vorax. He also has Magnus and the makings of ten Kenatai Blades still in the box. He originally bought the Storm Eagle to deploy troops, but after some disastrous crashes and subsequent loss of whole units, he has uh, put it to shelf right now. He's willing to put it back into play if needed, but his poor librarian was a sole survivor of the first several crashes and now refuses to get back into it. Uh, he's willing and able to get three of Sirens if needed and toyed with the idea of putting them in drop pods, possibly as part of a rapid response force led by Magister Amon for theme more than any specific rule. Uh, he has no tanks for the Suns. This is because his pre-Book 7 Bive stuff for this army was heavily influenced by the invasion of Shrike and a Thousand Suns, thus the Storm Eagle. The Cybernetica came after Book 7. He'd obviously like to reuse as much as possible, but he's also open to purchasing stuff other than the Sirens and or Drop Pods if needed. Thanks, Stefan. It looks like you've got quite a bit of stuff that you could work with, for sure. Yes, there's a lot there. <laughs> That can be useful. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, uh, how do you want to do this, Jesse? Because, I mean, there's like a hundred ways. Did he mention a right of war that he wanted to run in, in particular, or nope. is he open to any? Nope, he's just um, fluffy, I guess. Fluffy and looking to make a force surrounded, uh, centered on the Osirens. Um, how many Osirens did he say he had? I had to read through the whole list again. Uh, oh, I know he said he had two. two um, Two thousand songs that had the blaze cannons and the uh, power fists. And yeah, it looks like he does not have uh, any Osirens at the moment, but he's okay. uh, he's willing and able to get up to three if needed. Yeah. Um. So, in my experience, uh, building a list around dreadnoughts tends to uh, tends to mean that you have to preclude other quote-unquote Death Star units. Um, your big blob of Dreadnoughts effectively becomes your... Uh, that kind of mailed fist becomes your Death Star, uh, doubly so when combined with a Mortificator. Morty, or whatever you want to call them. Mortifica Mortificator. No, 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 um, it's always my Morty. <laughs> so that being said... Uh, the Mortifactor is definitely a, a good choice. Uh, it's a lot of psychic might, a lot of heavy hitting combined into one unit. And there's, unless your opponent is also running something like a Death Star, a big chain fist blob of Terminators, a Primarch and Friends, uh, Knights, they're going to be really hard to deal with. So at that point, once you've decided whether or not you want to run your Osirens with uh, a Mortificator, or if you want to run them as, like, five different Dreadnoughts running around doing their thing, um, once you've decided that, then it's kind of just however else you want to fill out the army. If you want to do rapid response, um, you know, you could put some dudes in a Storm Eagle and go to town. Personally, I love the idea of a infantry-heavy Thousand Suns list. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All the nice Brotherhood of Psyker. Mm -hmm. And I think there's... I'm not you know fully up to date on Thousand Suns rules or rights, but I know there is some right of war, I want to say, that gives them deep strike, or that allows infantry units to deep strike. Or it might just be Terminators. I'm not sure. But that'd be kind of cool if you... Um, if you bought Dreadclaws for your Osirens, uh, dropped them in along with the rest of your infantry, and then you've got like a, a real fast-acting force there. I know he wanted to, to put Amon in there. Mm-hmm. But that's one way to do it. Yeah, I mean, like... Oh. Go ahead, and Carol. 
Oh, just... It sounded like the Storm Eagle was a bit cursed, but <laughs> if he wants to do a Dreadnought, or if you want to do a, a Dreadnought list, keep in mind, those things also tend to, or have chance of blowing up. I think, didn't Jesse, didn't you lose a bunch of points once at a game because of a Dreadnought at Repod missing the table? No, no, it was a, uh, it was a dread, uh, dread pod. It was a drop pod full of yeah. uh, Melta boys, and yeah, lots and lots of points. Didn't make the table, and it lost. <laughs> Got lost. <laughs> That's impressive. It's really hard for a drop pod to, uh, to not make it onto the table. Well, I've been known to do the impossible. But here we are. I suppose that doesn't. I suppose that doesn't uh, ease the sting of it, does it? No, no, no. <laughs> no, but pretty much anything which lands from above has always a chance of blowing up. So it's something to keep in mind. It might also just be, give it another chance. Maybe the eagle will perform finally once all the fails are out. Yep. So the Asirens, if he just uh, put them base cost as a talon, which you know we already discussed that earlier... A basic Asiren is 225 points apiece. And that's just with a twin link bolter and force blade. So you're Do looking. They have approximately the same up. Like a twin link glass cannon is going to be 25 points. Is it the normal cost? Yeah, the points for... are still yeah. the same for them for everything else. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Do you have to buy the. This is. We need Jason out here. Do you have to buy the. Um, the psychic mastery level separate? Or does it come with. Does it get one when it becomes a, a siren? I believe it already. It, it comes default. Mastery second. Uh, mastery level one comes default mm. with it. Neat. Mm-hmm. I would put. I would go with the mortificator. I'd bunch them all up with their, with their dreadnought dad. <laughs> uh, give him a mastery level. Give all of them a mastery level. And you're ready to rock. Let's see. I got I got something. Sure. All right. So, and this this is just my play style. If you want to keep it, um, I love Centurion. I have several armies that don't have any vehicles in them, so I'm totally down with that. Um, I think because of the cost of the Osirens, and if if that's a a unit that he really wants to run with the Mortificator, um, that you probably don't want to run more than three of those mm -hmm. personally, uh, because by the time you have your your console, the three O sirens, the three O sirens alone base cost. You're looking at six hundred and seventy-five points mm -hmm. plus, Oof. say, another fifty to one hundred points of upgrades if you're doing. Well, I mean, the two twin link glass cannons uh, are going to give you that's seven hundred and twenty-five. I would probably run a conversion beamer on the third one, so that's I don't know. Uh, now, why would why would you use a conversion beamer? Well, if he's going to run the last cannons, I see. Um, that way, you you kind of have the range. I like conversion. Even the short range conversion beamer is still not bad. Uh -huh. So even if stuff got close to it, it's still not terrible. But if you're hitting things from seventy two inches away, then you might as well. Um, yeah, in my head with the uh, sirens, the fact that they have a force blade means you want to get them up close and personal to begin with. Well, so I don't know about that. You could do I that, that or the you could, They separate. can also they're also kind of a natural counter assault unit. So yeah, you, you don't have to keep a lot to protect objectives in your deployment zone if mm -hmm. those are the the anvil of your army, right? Right. Um, whatever goes to try to get objectives in your deployment zone is going to have to have anti-tank, and if nothing's coming towards you, you can start blasting stuff with conversion beamers and las cannons. Gotcha. That's a way to play them. Yeah. Now, Let me you could also you can drop those down to carries or twin link bolters mm -hmm. and keep them super cheap and move them forward. So that's a way. But, you know, by the time you have your Mortificator, your up options, you're at least looking at 800 points for that unit. Right? Easy. That's, that's a lot. Um, so in a 2,000-point uh, list, I'd probably drop it down to two of Sirens and a Mortificator because um, you have a lot of other stuff going on here. So he wants to run Arrowman, which is cool. Um, I look at this, and I'm always, like, I like infiltrating. I like deep striking. I like scouting. That's my personal thing. When you're playing Centurion, being able to take it, like get board advantage and take over 
uh, good amounts of area is useful. So I would look at something like you do the Mortarian uh, or the Morty with however many dreads you want to run. Probably two or three depending on the points level. You run Araman because you want to run Araman. Um, or you can swap him out for the Librarian if, if you didn't want to run a named character. I personally would take one of those uh, Centurions that he had. If he had a Terminator Warmonger or even just a normal Artificer Warmonger. Mm -hmm. and put the Tartarus Terminators with him. All right, so you're deep striking 10 Terminators with a Warmonger. You got 25 uh, potential Breachers, is what I read right. He's got magnetized 25 Mark IV magnetized dudes with shields. Yes, yes. So uh, personally, I would run 15 of those in a Storm Eagle, or probably 10 of those in a Storm Eagle. Um, and then 15 of those just walking on foot because 15 breachers there's they're pretty meaty if you have if you can get a couple apothecaries it'd probably help a lot um, so that kind of covers the HQ uh, you have the Tartarus you have the breachers um, you might even want to run pride of the Legion um, because you have the Tartarus which then can become troops 15 breachers 10 breachers. He's got the 20 vets that are magnetized, so two squads of 10 vets. And so now you're looking at um, five troops choices right there. If I was running the vets, I would in this configuration, I'd either get them rhinos, um, and or you can walk them on the ground, and I'd probably give them stalkers with foxes. So I'd, I'd let them scout forward, but you can obviously vets, you'll have the option um, on deployment. I would scout them forward with Nuncio Voxes so that you're, when your Tartaros Terminators are ready for Deep Strike, they have Precision Deep Strike. Um, and then you're going to have your Tech Marines, I guess, which are just going to walk close to the the big uh, unit. I don't know what he's how he's got the Tech Marines or if he's got Servitors or whatever. Um, and then, you know, the Jet Bikes are good. You, four Jet Bikes are always good. Uh, and then I'm not sure about the Castle X and the 4X, because I think those are going to be heavy support choices, right? Uh, the Castle X Achaia, I believe, is a heavy support. Yeah, but like in a Legion list, when you have um, when you have the Tech Priest or the um, Morty, I don't know if the 4X are 0 to 1 um, heavy support choice. I know Thalax become a heavy support choice. So I think all three of those would be heavy support. But anyway, something like that. So you, you got your HQs are taken care of. You've got five troops, 10, 10 breachers and a storm eagle, 15 breachers walk in. You can switch that up if you want. Um, you've got the two squads of 10 vets, however you like to load them out. Four jet bikes, and then, you know, you've got Castleax and 4X. That's going to be, like, a pretty brutal list, actually. Mm -hmm. Um so you pretty much have your, your heavy supporter maxed out. Your troops are almost maxed. And then, I, th I mean, that, that's going to be a hard-hitting list. Um, the only problem with putting stuff in the Storm Eagle is if you do put the 10 Terminators in Deep Strike and you've got 10 Breachers in a Storm Eagle, that's, like, a lot of your army. A thousand points <laughs> right there, maybe. Yeah. Um, in reserve. So if you're not feeling the Storm Eagle, then I would just drop it. Yeah. So I just pulled out book seven. I was looking at the uh, Rite of Wars. They do have the Guard of the Crimson King, mm -hmm. which would work out really well here, seeing as he had uh, Azek Araman he wanted to bring into the list. Yep. And uh, there's really not much of a downside into this thing, especially when... Uh, yeah, so here we go. Uh, Guard of the Crimson King affects Astral Warfare... When generating warp charge at the start of any psychic phase, the controlling player of a detachment using this right of war may roll an additional d6 and select the highest of the two results. Pretty sweet. Uh, wreathed okay. in lightning, they rend the veil. Any Terminator armor equipped units in a detachment, along with any independent characters and the Primarch Magnus the Red, may deploy using deep strike via teleport, so long as they do not have dedicated transports. Oh. When these units arrive via deep strike, they gain the fear special rule, 
if they did not already possess it and may reroll failed and vulnerable saves of one until the controlling player's next turn. So the down, uh, the limitation here is uh, segment cabals must be selected as compulsory troop choices for a detachment using this right of war and may be taken as optional troop choices for the detachment if desired. He's got at least 10 Tartaros, so he can split those in five because I believe you only need five in a cabal. Yep, that's correct. And finally, the bidding of the Crimson King means you can take a Magnus as a compulsory HQ to choice instead of a Lord of War. But you don't have to take him with this. You can either take him, Azek Araman, or a Thousand Suns Praetor with a Psychic Mastery level of 3. And you may not have more units with a vehicle type than units with a Legionus Astartes Thousand Suns special rule. And you can't take allies or fortifications. Okay. It yeah, I mean, so if he did that, you could drop the Warmonger and use a third Centurion. Another Librarian or whatever. The list pretty much stays the same. Um, he just has, I think he said he had 20 of the occult guys just new on Spur, right? That he hasn't built. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a, yep, the 40, 40k Thousand Suns Terminator box. So, yeah, you can make that. But is that the mandatory troops? Compulsory troops? Uh, you need at least two Sekhmet Cabals, which is the Terminators. Oh, okay. So, and he's got 10 built already. So nice. are those are those the Tartaros or is that a separate set of Terminators? Uh, Tartaros, but Sekmet Cabal allows you to choose either or. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's got his two compulsories there. So that's going to bring him if he runs the Breachers and the Vets. Oh, sorry, the Vets would no longer be, they'd be elites. Yeah, I mean you could run it either way. So you could run um, the Thousand Suns Right of War and still use all the same models mm -hmm. with significantly better. I think that's a pretty good way to run them. Yeah. Or you can run something like Pride of the Legion, or you can even just run it as no right of war. Um, so, I don't know. He's got a lot of good stuff. Paint it all and then give yourself options. Play with, play with <laughs> what you think you like and then adjust after you've played a few games. That's, yeah. a, that's a good way to build a list. Yeah, I think you are definitely in the right direction there, uh, Stefan. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got you got everything you need. Um, Storm Eagles are kind of tricky. But another way to play a Storm Eagle is to just not put anything in it. Use it as fire support. And then use it to scoot your troops around, you know, after your two or three rounds into the battle. <laughs> and you kind of, if you need to reposition something quickly, you can pick them up and scoot them over. Like, right. You can, you yeah. can just run it. Storm Eagles bare. aren't, uh, just don't no forget to move raptor. it. What's that? They're no, no fire they raptor, are no, but they, they got, are no fire raptor. They have some good uh, anti-armor capabilities. You put a multi-melta and two las cannons on it. It's yeah. not, it's not super expensive for you know two las cannons and a multi-melta, but uh, it does. It's good. It's good at cracking open one tank a turn. Yeah. Well, I I think from the being able to lift and shift a whole squad, like fairly rapidly now granted this is going to be like probably turn three or four but if you're if you're hard pressed in late game to get an objective then that gives you the the potential of picking up a 15-man breacher squad and trying to drop them on an objective and throw your opponent for a loop if that storm eagle uh, lives long enough well, yeah, i mean who's going to shoot at a storm eagle that doesn't have anybody in it like, yeah there's, um, and I personally, thing? I don't even shoot at flyers. Like flyers can, <laughs> I don't even care about flyers. Unless they're unless they're a huge threat, like a fire raptor, I don't shoot at yeah. them either. I mean, if they're coming in with like your Death Star, then yeah, you're gonna try to take it down. If they're coming in slick, it's just a thought. I mean, there's you've got enough there to ease. That's probably a three easily three thousand points worth of models. With everything he's got, especially with Magnus. Oh hell yeah, and the cast lacks and everything. And the Vorax, and, like you have lots of options. I would pick a couple ways you think you want to run it, try it out, and then you know adjust as you go along. Yeah, I mean I don't know um, what the allies matrix looks like for the Thousand Suns, but you could always pick up a tech priest and run all your automata as an ally detachment. 
Not if you take a Guard of the Crimson King. Well, yeah, but if you go like Rightless or something. Oh, sure. Although, Thousand Sons are the only ones with access to fancy wizard robots, but, you know, yeah. you can still use the model as a regular. Mm-hmm. Ugh, regular Castellax. Not yours? Hmm? I have fun. Yeah, well, I, I hope all that uh, helps you out, Stephen. Give you a little bit of insight, but yeah, you're definitely on the right track with that. It's built, painted, go hog wild. Yeah, just yep. try it out. And then send us pictures. Like yeah, we, we want to see a, pictures of that. <laughs> yes. All right, what else do we want to talk about tonight? Well, uh, we got a Warhammer uh, community has... Um, their usual articles are coming back, so we'll get Road to Thromus fired up again. Finally. Yeah, I think um, next Monday. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, next Monday is Or they said the first, first Monday of the month. Mm-hmm. Close to the... And then at the end, we'll get a Engine Kill again, which I don't know about you, but I have been so thirsty for more information on Defensive Ryza. <laughs> hmm. I have a whole third Titan Legio sitting in the wings, waiting, waiting to be painted. Waiting for that? Uh huh. So I know what I want to do with them because I was thinking I'll do Legio Voltorum because when I first started getting when Titanicus first got announced and uh, everyone was saying what Legion they're gonna do, uh, Jason and I were both like, "Yeah, Legio Voltorum," but then then never came any rules for them, so we all went. He did Zestobiax and I did uh, Infernus, but now we got Legio Voltorum coming back. <laughs> so hopefully. My body is ready. I want to know what else they get other than gets hot bolt, uh, mega bolters. Yeah, I do like that. Um, you know, they basically publish the schedule for their articles, so mm-hmm. all of those things, you know, have some dedicated time, which is cool, and you know when you can expect them. You know, and I'm I just... I'm, I'm very happy that Road to Thromus is coming back on because that's very oh, yeah. exciting. All you Night Lords and Dark Angels fans. Mm-hmm. Especially you, Ryan. We were talking about it earlier. You, you just started another Night Lords army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Night Lords 2.0. Let's, it's, let's get it going. It's focused around terror squads, isn't it? Uh, I actually... So, I have a couple lists, but I decided I was going to run Pride of the Legion. So, this mm. is, uh, is going to be like a late heresy slash scouring list. I picked up a... a a chunk of models from a guy in the UK that had done some really cool kit bashes. But then I, I've been collecting bits and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's mostly going to be, uh, it's going to be three 15 man assault squads because I have a shit ton of assault Marines, Mark two yeah, and Mark four. Um, and then three, uh, veteran squads and rhinos. And then, a, a you know, a Praetor with a command squad and a rhino and some other shenanigans. So it should be fun. I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I love, I just love uh, being able to play around with some chaosy bits, and it really lets you do some fun things. I feel you. So yeah, and, and you know the assault marines. I loved the assault marines in my first Night Lords army, and I was lucky enough to pick up um, twenty Mark Twos from Dave Sampson. And I got some Mark Fives, and um, so yeah, submarines are going to feature heavily in this. They're because they're so good with with talent for murder. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know they are they are the main anti tank in my army, and I've I've seen how effective they can be with melta bombs, even though they're pricey. Looking at over three hundred and fifty points per squad, but you know, I mean, even price at for greatness. Yeah, you know, nothing comes cheap. That's right. Nothing good. Nothing good, anyway. Yeah, looking yeah. at you, militiamen. <laughs> so. Oh, don't let Austin hear that. He, Austin's not here. <laughs> and he doesn't listen to it, so it's fine. That's right. Now you're all sworn to secrecy. No one tell him I said that, or he's going to beat me real bad next time we play. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he might beat me real bad, anyway. I mean, it's typically what he does, isn't it? Yeah, it's... It's kind of the natural order of things. I get real excited to try something new. And then um, Austin just shows me the error of my ways. 
Smacks you down. Uh-huh. Have you guys gotten any games in? Not no. Since... Nope. So I, I, I the... guess this is this is topical, right? So um playing games while social distancing. Uh I got a game in with my uh Black Shields against uh my buddy Rob who I painted the Sons of Horus for. So I got to play against the Sons of Horus with my Black Shields. And boy is it awkward. <laughs> Trying to social distance. <laughs> Thankfully, he had a big basement, and we were able to do it. Um, but, like, wearing masks and all that kind of stuff. It's totally feasible, totally doable. I don't know if I would do it in, like, a game store um, with more people. But, uh, you know, if you have your own space and you have a table and you're okay with inviting, you know, a person over at a time, then it's kind of feels really good to roll dice again that are not on the computer. So. Well, um, one of the something that Dave and I did, and so I'm for a second here going to regurgitate something that I read uh, as far as like keeping yourself safe um, is when you're outside, the rate of transmission drops some ridiculous percentage. I think it's something like 65%. And then if you wear a mask while also outside, it drops to like 90% prevention rate or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when so you're social distancing. You, when you're social distancing. Yeah, don't don't like not get like right up on yeah. Yeah. Don't go hug your opponent every turn or at all for that matter. <laughs> um, yeah. What's the point? This is how I yeah, get my keep your distance. Later. But uh, if and I know it's summer right now, so it's kind of painful to be outside. Um, but if you have uh, like a good level yard, a garage, uh, a driveway. Take two folding card tables, set them side by side, lay out whatever colored mat you need to, set up some terrain, and you're good to go. Yep. Plus, you're outside getting vitamin D. Yeah, that's that's how I've got a lot nowadays. So really, it's a it's a net gain for health. I'm not yeah. a doctor. I can't endorse that statement. Um, but that's what Dave and I did. We uh, we played outside. We set up a table uh, in his garage. And we stood at the six-foot ends of it, and we played Titanicus. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Garage, left grounds. Heck, if you have a playground somewhere, just play there, I guess, in the sand. Yeah. And it was before it got, like... That eyeball melting hot outside so we were still in pretty good shape oh yeah southern summer screw that noise <laughs> yep got any plans uh, upcoming um yeah get uh get that indominus box set oh yeah oh yeah um, my, uh, my who are you gonna sell your necrons for to uh, all my Necrons are going to my girlfriend. <laughs> nice. Yeah, she wants to play uh, zombie robots. So, and the new Silent King and uh, Catan Shard of the Void Dragon just got shown today, and I was like, "Hey, oh. you want to see some cool new stuff?" Yeah. Bam! And she just lost <laughs> her mind for a little while. <laughs> yeah, the, those are. <laughs> they are. And even ignoring the Silent King, uh, the very fact that there's that the Void Dragon has been, like, acknowledged and given a model. Right. Because I was explaining to my girlfriend, like, hey, remember I was talking about the Catan? Well, here's this guy, and here's why he's a big deal. <laughs> and I started going through, like, the Heresy and uh, the, the Schism of Mars and the events of Mechanicum, and I was like, wow, this really is a big deal. <laughs> Wait, is, Wait, is, is this that in Mechanicum? It's in Mechanicum? Yeah, the Void Dragon. Oh, the, right. Well, uh, this is Vardalia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is the, the Dragon of Mars. Yes. Uh, is all is, is all explored in Mechanicum. Uh, and it's a good where book. Giant spoilers arriving. If you haven't read Mechanicum, there's spoilers right now. <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, revisit uh, that then. I haven't then. read it in over ten years, so I don't... You I kind of vaguely game. remember it, but... Yeah, yeah well, so... So, uh, Dahlia Scythera 
is this uh, Terran adept that gets brought to Mars to work on uh, a project. And while she's there, she is having these visions and uh, about a, a slaying of a dragon by a knight in gold armor on Mars. And oh my god. Yeah, I am also working from somewhat uh, foggy recollection, so bear with me. Yeah. Uh, but she's, she starts talking to other people about it, specifically her, her workmates. And they, they come to discover that, yes, there's this thing hidden on Mars that the Emperor put here. And it's all it's all done through allegory and metaphor. So for oh, a long time, like okay. the stuff. So this is the, the forbidden vault, right? Yeah, yeah the Noctis Labyrinthus. Yep, that's part of the deal that the Emperor makes with Mars is that you cannot explore. The no, vault. this is not the forbidden vault. No, uh, well, different. no, the vault of Moravec is in Mechanicum, but the vault of Moravec is not what contains the dragon. Okay, I'm sorry. Right. Yes. Because yeah, Horus that, gave that to whole... Kelbor yeah. Hall, right? Oh yep. yeah. Yeah, so they go. They go to. Uh, they find the labyrinth, and they go through the the whole rigmarole of discovering like, ooh, the dragon is here, and it's this big like silver chamber that's got all these glowing green runes on it. Which you know any Necron player will tell you that that's a tomb. That's a Necron tomb. <laughs> you know, cue cue uh, Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's sitting up in his chair and pointing at the TV. <laughs> And uh, the guardian of the dragon, there's some tech adept there who promptly dies immediately, uh, yeah, says shows in up. so many words, like, hey, this is the chamber of the dragon. The dragon was put here by the emperor, and its dreams influence humanity's understanding of technology. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, she was. she's the chosen one because she's able to reprogram the stuff, which, of course, is a... Horrible thing to do in that world, but she's yeah, just she able has, to do it. Dahlia has a, an innate understanding of engineering, which gotcha. most senior magi don't have. So yep. there's the, the Dragon of Mars, which was put there by the Emperor and influences humanity's uh, understanding of technology via its dreams. And then there's the Catan Void Dragon, which is supposed to be or supposed to have dominion over machines, was fought and beaten by the Emperor at some point and then hidden away, presumably okay. on Mars. Gotcha. Okay. That's cool. Um, which begs the question, how is this Catan shard of the Void Dragon out and about instead of taking a really long nap on Mars? I wonder if they uh, talk about it in the Indomitus book coming out. I bet it has nothing well, to do with Belisarius' call messing around some yeah. more. <laughs> Surely not. No, well, there's not. So there was a bit from an older Necron Codex where at some point in the late 41st millennium, uh, five Necron Jackal-class raiders, which are, technologically speaking, uh, more than a match for an Imperial battlecruiser, break into the solar system. Like, they just show up. And they start making a beeline for Mars. And I think three of them get destroyed, but two of them land. They land near the Noctis Labyrinth, and then they just disappear. <laughs> are never seen or heard from again. Dun, so dun, presumably... Dun. Now, this is, this is old Necron fluff before their rewrite... Presumably, given what we know now, the Necrons infiltrated Mars, found the Void Dragon, broke it enough to get a shard, and took that shard away. But okay. who knows? Not me. I don't know. That's putting putting together some good pieces there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Man, no the... one will read Mechanicum again. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. And as I was telling, as I was explaining, uh, it the Void Dragon's existence and confirmation as the source of humanity's technological understanding uh, kind of means that it 
is the Omnissiah, whether the Mechanicum realized that or not. The which OG STC, that, if you will. Ooh. Which means that the Emperor is definitely not the Omnissiah, and it means that he definitely willfully impersonated the Omnissiah before the Great Crusade. <laughs> the Which means that the Dark thing. Mechanicum, who's like, yeah, the Emperor's totally not the Omnissiah and lied to us, is right. Well, there's a lot of stuff tied to the Void Dragon that I didn't even that I didn't even like, kind of comprehend, you know, until I, I started explaining it here. to somebody else. Man, Jesse, you need to explain me more stuff. Yeah, the 40k lore is deep and rich. Yeah, deep anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't think you guys were here the other day, but um, Alex Self, one of our patrons on our Discord, uh, asked us a question regarding the upcoming Indominus box, and he's scratching his head as what he wants to do with it. Like he doesn't know what chapter to do or anything and was wondering what we thought or how we go about picking a theme or an army or a chapter. Ah, well, I mean, this is like the age old, how do you, how do you figure out which armor you want? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, there's kind of a couple different ways, but you either read about it and think it's really cool fluff wise and narratively. A lot of people just see a color scheme they like and go from there. Um, I mean, I, I'm i kind of both ways. If I read a book that I really like, like uh, reading the Night Lords trilogy, that's what got me set off on, even though that's 40k Night Lords, that got me set off on my Night Lords journey. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to get rid of it ever since, and it won't leave my brain. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I know for myself, I'm really, really uh, leaning towards painting them as a Emperor's Spears army. Because oh, I still have yeah. about two sets of Primaris from the original box set in eighth that I haven't touched yet, and I do oh, like man, me some Emperor's Spears. Intercessors, yeah. <laughs> that'd be we've got chainsaws. Yeah. However, part <laughs> do you of me jump over buildings. <laughs> no, we've got chainsaws. <laughs> a part of me cool, still wants make to it hold, work, buddy. Part of me still wants to hold back just a little bit because when the uh, Dawn of Fire series comes out, who knows oh. what we're going to see. Who I'll knows tell you what, what chapters see. and ultramarines? Yeah, <laughs> of course the toilet seat guys. Uh, well, I know out of the Indominus box that I will work with the Necrons because you know, I don't. I'm not into the lore of 40k too much, and somebody gotta use them. Yeah, I mean it's always. Uh... Sometimes all it takes to find some real cool stuff is to go to Lexiconum or any other Warhammer wiki and just hit a random article mm-hmm. and start following the rabbit trail. Definitely. Ooh, I like that idea. And honestly, you know, a new starter set is such an opportunity for anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, if there was a certain scheme that you, you know, thought, maybe I want to try this out, but I really have nothing to go with it, now's the perfect time to try it out. Yeah. Also, do you... Kinda Take a look at what kind of colors that you generally enjoy painting, or color schemes that, like Jesse said, you know you've kind of wanted to try out or look cool to you, but you've never really had a, an opportunity to try them. And then look at what Space Marine chapters are in those colors. Yep. Or just make them up. Exactly. Isn't that the beauty up. of 40k. Uh huh. In 40k, like the sky's the limit. Yeah. In that case, you could probably pick up the latest uh, Space Marines Codex and choose, you know, what kind of rules you'd like to play at that point. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter which, uh, you know, founding chapter you're part of. You can do whatever color you'd like at that point. Just pick up some rules. Uh, Dave suggested at one point to do a quick Google search, or maybe it was Jared, uh, of the Badab War. Yeah, I and think it was Jared. The poster that came with that. Yeah, uh-huh. it has all the the Space Marine chapters that fought in the Badab War. There's some cool stuff in on that poster, like the Star Phantoms. Star Phantoms look sick as hell. Dark yep. Angel successor. That's when I started my Holland uh, Griffins. Was bad up. Just seen that. Yep. All praise to the Badab War. 
I personally am not going to pick up Indominus. I don't have. Uh, I am excited for Ninth Edition because I've finally got a a 40k the Sisters Army that I'm really super stoked to play. I don't think I'm going to pick up the box set. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, I mean, the models are fantastic. Like, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that, that's every single one of those Marines is getting converted into a word bearer. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the, the price point. You know, they. I don't know if they've released the price point, but it's going to be probably at least two hundred bucks. Is it two hundred? Two hundred US it's bucks. It's two hundred. Oh. Technically, it's one ninety nine. Oh well, that's wow! Better than I, thought. I thought it was going to be over. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought so, so too. Between a rule book and two whole armies. Yeah. Okay, that's really good. So if and yeah. if you could split that with somebody, then you're in really good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred dollars is not mm-hmm. a bad way to get a to get a new army started when it's brand new models, and yep. what there's a new chaplain in there too. Oh, I'm so excited! The, well, yeah, that chaplain's cool. Yeah, and the chaplain legit bike coming out as well, looking sick. Yeah, there's a the chap. There's the chaplain. There's the, the tech the dude marine with the big old sword. Oh, there's so many good models in there for converting into uh, heresy characters. Yeah. Finally going to make a herald with the the guy who's got the the big stick <laughs> with a skeleton uh, on it. Yeah, that's perfect. Herald. That's perfect. All the way. <laughs> yep, word bearer's herald. Yeah, yeah. Can't say no to that. Lord knows I've got enough uh, chaos banners from various kits, so <laughs> I should use one of them eventually. I mean, what else would make you use it apart from a guy with a stick on, well, mm-hmm. with a skeleton on a stick? Man, I can't believe it's been almost three months since they revealed the lion. Time moves mm. fast. It's <laughs> also very slowly. Yes. Is yes, he for indeed. sale yet, though? No, 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 no. Not yet. <gasps> what are they waiting for? Forge, Forge World hasn't put out any... Uh, well, anything yeah, new yet? Is, they haven't yeah. started producing anything new, That's or if they true. have, they don't have the supply chain yet. Exactly. They don't advertise it yet. No, no. Well, it's fair. Any day now. It could be any Friday. Really, really could. True. I miss the, I miss those Friday mornings, just waking up and seeing what Forge World released today. <laughs> this was like Christmas uh, every week. It really was. Especially Absolutely. the past, especially the past few months. Oh, yeah, you were super excited every morning. <laughs> I was setting an alarm to wake up. Early. I was, too. I was, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I set the alarm. I wake up, see if there's anything interesting, and then I go back to bed. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool, Lord of the Rings. Good night. <laughs> oh, Yay. cool. Uh, Halfling hot pot. Okay. <laughs> there are two kinds of people in this world. Hmm? People who admit to not playing Lord of the Rings... Liars. I've never played it. Although Same. when they came out with the um, the skirmish game for it, where it's like battalions or whatever, where you play like thirty models, I considered it for a small period. Of time. The only person I've known to even own the models is Zach, and he owns every kind of weird little mini game. It's true. Zach owns many a thing. I was tempted when they came out with that uh, latest box set. But I was like, I thought better of it. It's like, nah, no. Not another one. <laughs> I would have. Got some Rohan. I would have revolted, Jesse. I would have revolted. Rohan Knights. Nope. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, it's two days away. We'll get back on the road to Thromus. Yep. And we'll finally have some more new, her- new heresy stuff to talk about. It's been kind of. Been kind of dry the last few weeks. Not gonna lie. We're, we're scraping. So we're thank scraping you guys to for uh, yeah. stuff to talk about. Thank you guys for hanging out with us, <laughs> even though we don't talk much Horus Heresy. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for listening and asking questions. And in fact, right now we will uh, we will thank our patrons. Let me pull up the old list here. And for the month of July, we'd like to thank our patrons, starting with Alex Self, Chris Mack, Jacob Dillon, Gurner Tree of Woe. Joe from Music City Heresy, Josh Phillips, Matthew Boyce, Mr. Baldwick, and Nicholas Quanga. Those are our praetors, and we greatly appreciate it. On to our centurions, we have Andrew N., Angry Boy, John Christensen, 
M. Tanzer, Mark Henry, Minis by Applesauce, Scott LeMay, and Black Label Painting. And finally, our sergeant tier, we have Duncan, Emily O'Hare, Garrett Lowe, Travis Smith, and Aaron Maynard. Thank you all so much. We love you guys. And with that, guys, I think that's, uh, I think we wrap it up tonight. Unless you got anything yep. else you want to talk about. No. Happy 4th of July. Yeah, happy birthday, America. <laughs> I'm listening to people setting off fireworks. That uh, we are, too. I don't know what these people are, are doing we? with their lives. Oh, jeez. Somebody <laughs> is, but I ain't got time for that. All right, well, everyone stay safe and keep those dice rolling, whether online or maybe soon on the table. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> keep those dice rolling. Bye. Thanks for listening to another podcast from the Remembrancers Retreat. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can also find our swag store at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash RR30K podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at RR30K podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Remembrancers underscore retreat. You can also visit our website RR30K.com for podcast updates and the Battlefleet Heresy Compendium. You can also leave us a voicemail for us to play on a future podcast at 1-929-437-3791. That's 1-929-HERESY-1. And you can also leave us an email at the Retreat at gmail.com. Thanks again.